Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 241, recorded November 11th, 2022, where John and Jason talk about the big news from Microsoft about paginated reports now being available to Power BI Pro users. Also, save a copy of a report and collapse navigation pane in an organizational app and improvements to chart sharing and copy as image are coming soon. Hello, Jason. How are you today? John, I am doing pretty darn well. I'm looking forward to a weekend of cooler weather. How are you now? I am. It's lovely here in Texas at this time of year. You know, I can't imagine being in a place that is more lovely than where I am at the moment. And we're going to have some storms, but it's going to cool everything down. And we're going to have about a week of this nice fall weather. Okay. It's not cold like it is in Canada where you are, buddy. Like this is just, this feels like heaven. Dude, look behind me. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's that. <laughs> oh, I forgot. You're Hawaiian now. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got yourself all set up in the in the Ohana and all uh, all happy, happy, huh? Yep, that's right. So, yeah, recording uh, recording from uh, Hawaii, where the weather doesn't really is there really anything to talk about. It's the same every day. Well, I'll say you suck. And we'll just move on from there. But, you know, I'll, I'll accept that in the spirit in which it's attended. Exactly. It's with love and uh, and joy for your wonderful new situation. It's a great thing. That's it. It's nice. And the fact that neither of us are in Seattle this week, which is nice as well, even though I'm sure we'd love to be at SQL Pass. But oh, yeah, I've heard it's a fantastic event. It's hybrid this year. From what Adam was telling me, I didn't realize that, but they're supposed to have a great number of folks. Adam and Patrick are going to be out there. Matthew's going to be out there. A lot of my team, Alex, I think is going out as well. It's really cool. They're going to have a lot of great folks out there doing some great sessions. You know, later this week, we're dropping this on announcement day, though, John. We've got some big announcement that's being made in conjunction with Past Summit. And I've been waiting for this since. Like weeks after I joined Microsoft, yeah. I think we'd even heard rumors beforehand about yep. this you know, happening. But man, this was a game changer in my book. And I've been waiting and waiting, waiting. And I get to work with this team all the time. And watching the journey that they've gone through to make this uh, change a reality has been a lot of heavy lifting. A lot of research went into it to make sure it was the right thing from a Microsoft perspective, from a customer perspective. But it's very cool and it's effective now, which is the best part about it. It's not something that, oh, we've got to wait for months and months and months or anything. This is something that people can get out there and start using and start doing. And we've been hinting at it, this change coming when we do our talks. And I, you know, I'm really happy yeah. that it's finally here. Well, you're obviously talking about the fact that paginated reports in the Power BI service will no longer require premium to run. It will run in a pro capacity, which is, as you mentioned, outstanding. (laughs) This is a huge deal from a number of different angles, in my opinion. Yeah, that's... uh, Go ahead. 
to me, this was a, a really massive thing. This unlocks a lot of user scenarios, a lot of use cases that I had in my previous role before I came to Microsoft. And in fact, I got the, the, the joy of reaching out to my former EY colleagues and saying, Hey, guess what? This now unlocks a lot of things for you where we were struggling before and like all this really great stuff. And you had to make business cases just because of paginated reports. And this eliminates that as a barrier and makes it a much more approachable for users to be able to leverage the right type of reporting for the right thing. And it unlocks a lot of these export scenarios, which is really nice as well. If that's all you're using paginated reports for is the full fidelity export capability that it brings to the Power BI service. Well, guess what? You can now do all of that without having to just do formatted tables. You get better fidelity with what we had with SSRS as a pro user. This is not no longer requiring a premium capacity to be able to do with a pro license, which is included in most people's E5 or just the standalone pro license. You're getting this, this function and capability. Now, John, we talk about this in our workshops. We talk about this when we, when I, expound upon licensing at length in some uh, conference sessions. But this is an example of Microsoft moving something out of premium and back into pro. And we've talked yeah, about it, the fact that that's how, like, we don't see a lot of things. We, we, I don't think we've ever seen anything move from pro into premium, but there are those scenarios yeah. where you can see something move from premium back into pro. This yeah. is one of those cases. The third one, right? I incremental refresh was the first one. I think we saw Power BI goals, which is now metrics, was the second one. And this is it's it's really encouraging to see that when when the de- I, I I'll simplify it, I guess when when the demand warrants it, Microsoft's going to do the right thing from a licensing standpoint. And it now what I think is is so good about this is I see well we talk about this all the time paginated reports. Is a type of report. It is a it is a structured organizational report versus an interactive analytical report, which is what we see with PBIXs. And it was almost a poor stepchild for licensing reasons. You, like you say, you'd have to justify its use, and so that would just when you have to justify its use, that obviously is going to discourage its use. And so you'd be trying to make interactive reports do things that maybe paginated reports would be better suited to do. And now we've removed that consideration. So now you can truly use the right tool for the right job. So if you want if you wanted to do, you already mentioned data export, but if you want to set up a report for printing, well, as opposed to try to make PBX stand on its head and support some kind of weird printing scenario, paginated reports were built for this. This is SSRS. It is rock solid it has got a long legacy of, of printable structured report and the fact that now that for some time you've been able to connect these right to the same data set as your we, we dude we still need a name for the pbix report we should not have to call this thing a pbix report if we can call an rdl report paginated what do we call the other thing i know it's called interactive but nobody uses the term but if yeah. we can connect to that same data set now we can just call into the paginated report when we need to print and we can interact with it with the with the interactive report with the PBX report. I, I, this is this is great. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph. 
the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using TyGraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try TyGraph today. Sign up for a free trial at TyGraph.com. There's a lot of scenarios where I've talked with customers and their statement is, we, we still have a large SSRS on-prem footprint because we'd have to go premium in order to, to be able to do that. We'd have to do this or that. And there's no migration tool to be able to just move everything. And you know, you have to open it up side by side and go try it, like recreate and go publish. Well, guess what, John? In the same blog post that Cookie published called Announcing Support for Paginated Reports in Power BI Pro, we actually get a little there, there are two additional sort of hidden drops in here that I think are worthy of note. The one I'm talking about right now, that migration story with the release of SQL Server 2022, which is happening later this month, we're going to be mm-hmm. releasing a migration tool to go from previous versions of SQL Server to paginated reports to the Power BI service and migrate those SSRS reports directly into the Power BI service. Oh, that's fantastic. That's something else that's been you know sorely needed over the years, it, it, it of course raises questions. How do you handle the data sources that obviously that aren't supported by the service? I think it inter- it should stimulate an interesting conversation. In you know, how many times have we talked to people and they're, they're, oh, we need to migrate. We, we need to migrate from SSRS to Power BI, and yep. I think that's always been the wrong conversation because you know, the, how do we convert our RDL reports? What they're asking is how do we convert our RDL reports to PBIS? And the first question you should ask is, should you, right? Yeah. Because some of them, absolutely, because for years and years and years, we've only had that one hammer. Everything looks like a nail with SSRS, like back in the past. And you've got features in SSRS like drill through, which is an interactive capability, which is not, it's not a great feature for a structured or operational report. So if you've got a lot of that in your SSRS, you absolutely should be looking to rebuild those reports with a, with a PBIX. But if it's meant for printing or if you're subscribing to things or it's generating PDFs every day, it absolutely should stay in RDL and you want to move that into the service, which is what this tool will allow. But I would like to see a little more discussion around, uh, so a little more guidance around when should you when should you convert and when should you migrate is is probably the better question. You know, John, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The thing that I like about this, yeah, I know. But here's where I'm going to slightly disagree with you because uh-huh. this is where it'll be fun. Working at Microsoft, I see it from the other side of the fence a little bit differently than what what I did in my previous world as a consultant. Right? Uh-huh. We just built a tool that gives the capability of migrating, lifting and shifting reports from an older version of SQL Server reporting services into yeah. Power BI. But this if is we going to be were... taking RDL files, to be clear, it'll be taking RDL files from on-prem SSRS and putting them them in the service as paginating. That is it's correct. not converting anything to PBIs, yes. Correct. Now, the conversation that you just had, if we were to make a tool that just did that, Number one, we're going to get it wrong a lot because that's a conversation. That's a consultative conversation that should be had. And that Uh is the white space where the community of consulting should be living. 
That's exactly yep. where we should be. You know, the the whole you know Microsoft ecosystem. We should be creating that space for people to be doing business and having those conversations with people to say, "You're going on this data journey, and this is what we're enabling is you know data for everyone, right? That it's it's a data driven you know a culture that we're trying to get to." But that culture just doesn't happen with a snap. It's not, oh, instantaneous, yep. and now you're in the... It takes deliberate thought. It takes deliberate action. And those things happen not through necessarily just an automated tool. If it's an automated right. tool, then it's not taking enough of your business logic, of your secret sauce, of how you do things in your business into account. We should be making tools that give you the capabilities to yes. do exactly what we've done here. So I love the fact that we're not migrating from SSRS reports into a PBIX and we're saying, oh, here you 100%. go. Because yep. we know when we try and use AI features like that, all too often, it gets us part of the way there. And if we say, hey, just go do this, people will expect that that's all you have to do. Instead of we've given you some like tooling to be able to do this. Now have the conversation. Now deliberately plan and make your choices and drive your business in the right way into the new world. I, I think I feel a blog post coming up. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> yeah, uh, on, on this. And yeah, no, I, you're not disagreeing at, at all. I would not want to, I would not want to see a tool that tried to do a convert the PBIX. But I, I, what I was trying to say, I think you want to look at what you're doing with your current reports before you decide to either migrate or manually convert them, which is what you would have to do. But yeah, you can of course move them all over and do do some conversion. But at least you can have that you can have that conversation now without having to worry about the licensing constraints because you can say, what's you know, is this is this report using more interactive features? Should I convert this thing to a PBX or should I leave it alone as uh, as imaginated? Yeah. So there's one more thing that's talked about here in this blog post that I want to highlight. And it's, uh, you know, it doesn't go into full detail here, but it's some conversations that I've been having lately about, you know, exactly these things is the formatted tables. John, I'm a big fan of formatted tables. It's cool. giving us that first look into how we build paginated reports in the web, right? And that's exactly yep. what it's doing. It's an RDL file. You know, when yeah. you save it off, that's exactly what it is. It's a great starting point. Now, we've talked about this and we've done this in sessions that we do at conferences because I love talking about paginated reports, right? When you build in, in formatted tables, and there's a, the whole uh, YouTube video that I did with Patrick, guy in a cube, build the first iteration in formatted tables, layer it in, and now we get some additional formatting stuff that we can do in there. And we're continuing to bring more to formatted tables. But if, if there's not enough there and you really want to do a little bit more, you want to do more formatting, you want to do you know extra stuff that you can only do in Power BI Report Builder, when you go and download the RDL, put it up in the service using Power BI Report Builder, whichever way you choose to go, and then you publish that back into the service, John, you don't have the ability to go reopen with formatted tables and make modifications. Okay? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's got a life of its own at that point. Correct. It's a grow-up story, as we've discussed yeah. it. It's today, in today's world, if you build a formatted table, then you go and make modifications with Report Builder, then you're in, living in a Report Builder world from then on. Now, the thing that I like about this, though, because the RDL for, file format doesn't contain the data, Everything stays in the services, the RDL. When you go to open a report builder, you just open it up right there. You don't have to worry which file version is it. 
that is the authoritative. That's really nice from a CICD perspective. To me, that's a great conversation. And I'm hoping someday we get to that point with uh, with PBIX files, because that's how I do it from a PBIX perspective myself, is I don't yeah. worry about having a whole bunch of them saved. We've gotten to a point where I can download the PBIX file from the service for the most part. I used to say the exact opposite of this. Store it off someplace, put it in a SharePoint document library, et cetera, et cetera. I don't do that anymore. I do my data modeling in Power BI you know, desktop. Once I publish it up to the service, if I have to make some visual changes, I just do it in the service. And then I'll go download the PBIX file the next time I need to make a model change. But you know, as we move forward, I'm hoping we don't even have to do that anymore. Well, give, give me version control, and then I'm 100% agreeing with you, but we don't have that yet. Right. You are correct. You can't go back to prior versions of that GBIX. So I'm still going to save things off to OneDrive myself. But yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. But I still like it. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get I to thought, that point. I thought I was the cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've gotten a lot more cowboyish these days. So, John. Um, I also, you know, I just wanted to call out one thing. You, you kind of, uh, you kind of blew a little bit past it. it the fact that you can, with the formatted tables, creates an RDL. And I just want to highlight the fact that that's a great way to get started with, with paginated report building. Start with a formatted table, get the data in there that you want, then launch launch report builder to, to, to work on that and take it from there, as opposed to just going from the ground up, connecting to the data. That can be a little bit cumbersome. So that gets you, that's kind of a quick start into, into paginated reports. I just wanted to highlight that. I know we've said it before, but. You're absolutely correct on all of those points, John. And it's very strange that we uh, were in such agreement on all of these things. Yeah, it's uh, a red letter day, I guess. Yeah, yeah let's, let's let's move on because we've got to find something to disagree on. There are two blog posts that came out over the course of the past couple of weeks now. The first one came out on October 28th that I want to highlight by Lukasz Pawlowski. And then the other one was on November 7th, which was just last week by Harleen Kaur. Uh, so let's go to, to Lukash's first. So this one is talking about a set of features that we are rolling out into the service currently. I have it in MSIT and I've been playing with it a little bit. And you and I were doing a little bit of testing on this because it's kind of fun because yeah. I was playing with some sensitivity labels as well. And this mm -hmm. did a great job of respecting it. This one is improvements to chart sharing and copy as image are coming soon. Now, specifically, it says coming soon. And it's talking about rolling out throughout the course of the next month, if I'm not mistaken, in the details here. So it's, it, it is coming out, but it's coming out a little slowly. But what this is, is that we've now given you, and this is the first time I've seen this in a web server a full fidelity right-click menu. Mm, yeah. You don't get yeah. the browser right-click menu anymore. You get a full fidelity Power BI service right-click menu. Yeah, it's coming into line with, you know, a lot of the other Microsoft, like the Office products, et cetera. The on-object formatting kind of veers into this, uh, this territory, the ability to hover over an object, in this case, a visual, and be able to pop things up. But this is now including the ability to do some sharing and to, to copy the object itself in a very intelligent way to a number of other destinations. Yeah, the thing that I like about this, I'm going I'm to cover the copy side rather than the sharing side, because the sharing side is nice. It's a lot to do with sharing in Teams. So there's a button just yeah, for sure. you know, chat in Teams, which gives you an adaptive card type of a scenario and everything. Or there's the link to selection option where you're linking to a specific visual, right, in this situation. Right. But I want to talk about the copy situation here. And there's two components to the copy situation here. One is as an image. And you could do it as yep. an image, just as the image itself of whatever visual you've got. 
And the other one is image with caption. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like this. And this gives me the ability to get, have some caption data where it talks about what it's filtered by, what the filter context is, yeah. what the report is, what the, conf what the confidentiality sensitivity label is, and what the date of the, the data was. Yes. Yep. Yep. Right? Because oh, I have to copy some context. data. Yeah, I copied content data out of a visual that was from March 4th of 2021 at 428 right. p.m. Yeah, it's what you need to know. If you see a bunch of data, now you're the first thing you need to know is, well, that was as of when, or where did that come from? Oh, I can just click on the link and it, it will open it up. It is an image, but with that link, you can go to the source. So you'll obviously, when you go to the source, you should see the uh, most recent version of that image. Yeah, so there's a link to the to, to the source, but there's also the name of the report yep. there as well as a, as a sensitivity label and the data as of listing. Now, the other one that I really... I didn't know I was going to like this as much until I started playing with it. Mm -hmm. Is the copy value and copy selection capability? Yeah. What's the the copy. The two? Yeah. So copy value just copies the cell value. So if you're looking at a matrix, like you, yeah. you know, I was playing with some matrix data. Uh, you just copy the cell value, or you copy the value of the visual element that you're hovered over, or that you've selected huh? at that particular point. It's not hovered over. Specifically, has to be selected. Okay. And it will now give you the underlying numerical value of that selection or whatever right. the whatever the selection is, right? The, yeah. the value yeah. that you're, you've clicked on. Yeah. Copy selection, I can go in and I really like this for the matrix visual very specifically because I went in and did a multi-select across multiple lines in a matrix. Okay. And I chose specific and I showed it to you while I was doing it, right? Yeah. I yeah. picked the first three and then I skipped down four and I picked one and I skipped down two more and picked one. And yep. I clicked on, I right-clicked, copy selection. Yeah. It copied the header of the matrix and just those five rows of data that I had told it to select. Yeah. And it showed me the whole thing. Now, John, the bummer of this thing is it doesn't give you the formatting. Like it doesn't format it as a table, but it gives you the detail of the data. Yeah. That's fantastic. And if you're just pasting it somewhere, chance are that's all you need anyway. But, yeah, yeah, I have not, you know, so the thing I did not do when we were looking at it before that I really wish I had gone and done was I made that selection and then gone and tried to paste it into Excel. Because I think that would have been a lot of fun to take sure. a look at and see if it actually worked the way that I thought it should. That would have been a neat one to have, have actually done. Or paste it back into Power BI as new data, uh, you know, <laughs> right? As, yep. as, a, as a new data set. I'm sure that'll work too. No, it's just kind of interesting to play with. I think it's really neat functionality. I'm glad that we now have it. And I'm looking forward to playing with it a little bit more as we go. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I don't know if I'm going to get a chance while we're still, while we're talking to actually try this out or not, but I'm going to give it a quick shot and see if, if it actually does the, it the way that I think it's going to do with that copy and, you know, selection and paste it into Excel. Because man, that would be just That's the bee's cool. knees, John. Just to, to give a little bit of, of an old school goofiness yeah. to it. And yes, I'm actively doing it while we're talking. People asking for that's for sure. The, you know, yep. First thing hey, anybody John. wants to do with data is paste it into Excel. Uh -huh. look, look at that. Look at that. And gen well, gentle listener, you can't, you can't yeah. see it through the audio, but it worked exactly yeah. as I thought it should. Pasting it directly into Excel. And that, again, was a selection of just a couple of different 
you know, random ones, not the full, hey, top to bottom, not the entire table, but very specific yep. selected items. That is a job well done. I got to give some kudos to that team. That is really cool. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. All right. The last one that I wanted to highlight here was, as I had mentioned before, this save a copy of a report and collapse navigation in an organizational pain, right? So uh, the same- in an organizational app. Oh, sorry, sorry. in an organizational app. No I apologize. Yeah. Sorry. I collapse navigation pain in an organizational app. My my lack of coffee brain did a bad job there. And uh yeah. Yeah. This is also something that's that's sorely required. So when you when you take a workspace, basically publish it out as a, as an app, you provide your own nav, etc. Ultimately, someone's going to come along and want a different version of that report. And when it's in the app, they, well, they can't do that. That's a, that's the published version of the report. In the workspace, you could just go and create a separate version of the report. That's no problem. But as a consumer of the app, you've been unable to do this. And this basically allows you to create that separate copy. And then what's interesting to me is it takes that copy and it puts it into your my workspace, your personal workspace, but it retains that connection to the back end, to, to the data set. So obviously, when you know when refreshes happen, it, it gets reflected back in your report. But you can now start to monkey around with the visuals, etc., without impacting other users. Yeah, I mean, this one to me is a really nice experience, and we're doing a lot more to try and make things easier for people. And you know that uh, I don't know what to say about it other than yay us, you know, because you're going to start to just sound like a booster from here on. Hey. I, I'm okay with it, but the paycheck keeps being good, man. It's been it's been really good. It's not the only thing that this, this talks about. Yeah, yeah. Now you're you just go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to switch topics here. The collapse app navigation pane. There are a couple of things to note about this, John. You and yeah. I went back and forth on the language that Microsoft has chosen. You see how I switched from we to Microsoft there? You see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I noticed when it's a bad thing. It's no longer we. It's it's not Microsoft's problem. <laughs> Well, I, I get to the get... language is inconsistent, man. Uh, if, if you pick one, is it collapsing or is it hiding the navigation pane? Yeah. Because it's, but both things are shown right in the UI. <laughs> so. Well, and the fun of it is that as you're looking at it, the, the topic header is app, collapse app navigation pane. And the, the second line has it in bold, clicking the hide app navigation pane. So to your point, in the UI, it's showing hide yeah. hide as opposed to collapse. But truly, it is collapsing when you look at right, it. By default, you have the ability yeah. to say, I want to have it collapsed. But anytime you can click on the double carrot and have it pop back out so that people yeah. can navigate however they want. And this is, to be clear, this is a published setting. So when you're publishing the app, you choose this option. And then the deployed app will either have that navigation pane displayed or not by default. That's really what we're talking about here. So that a, a new open of that of that app will either uh, have that navigation pane expanded or, or collapsed. And then the users themselves can choose to expand and collapse. 
So, John, alongside of this blog post coming out, I have it on good authority. We're going to get a, uh, a survey date this week as well, alongside nice. of a new desktop drop that will be, drumroll please, uh-huh. Heal. Heal. Yeah, so we get the... Did you happen to listen to the interview with Muhammad Ali that I did? I'm not, I'm not yet. I have to do that. Well, John, you definitely should do that because Mo goes into lots of detail about why Teal was chosen, why that was done. He wasn't sure if it was going to come out in December or in November. Uh, glad to say it was coming out in November. I talked to him just this week. He said it is going to ship with this release. So it's great that it's there. It's in the preview build that you have already. I know yeah. you're uh, you're not the biggest fan of the color choice, exactly. I know you like teal, though, because the Tigraph colors were teal. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. So, but we will go ahead and cover <laughs> off the drop. We'll get that out there. Hopefully, you know, we'll do two episodes this month because, John, after that, we get together and we head out to Lisbon and Copenhagen for Collab Days Lisbon and European yep. Collaboration Summit. No, I'm sorry. European SharePoint Conference. Yes. European yeah, Collaboration yeah, Summit is coming up in May of next year, and they're already selling right. tickets. Yep, and you should get some. Yep. Yeah, collabsummit.org. I think those tickets are, the prices will go up. They're, they're super cheap, but they're yeah. going to start to go up. So grab your ticket while you can. We plan on being there if they select us, you know, but yep. even if they don't select us, John, I still argue that that's one of the best conferences on the planet. I agree with that 100%. 100%. So, yeah, we got we got a few things coming up. So yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be good. We have a couple of things that we'll, we'll be talking about. It's it felt like it was going to be a slow slow November, but not at all. Not now. Things are churning now. Yeah, but, well, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to get back to work. You uh, should right. go start your day. Yeah, I've finished my day. I've been <laughs> at it for a little while, but yes. <laughs> So enjoy your time in being, Hawaii. I know you've yeah, got family yeah. coming out to visit and everything before you head back to the Great White North. Yep, it's going to be awesome. All right, take it easy, bud. Take it easy, you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.